Hello, guys. This is Jaws Blake of the Painter Files podcast. As you well know, this is episode 104. It's going to be a fun ride. See you soon. So, I was on this podcast over the weekend for Nerdy Bebop, this uh, really cool channel that I'm a part of uh, about just like nerd culture from like a kind of a people of color perspective, people of color queer perspective. Um, And it's just really interesting, actually. We had a lot of fun. We talked about... um, We talked about wrestling and... (laughs) I drew a bunch of stuff, and it was just really great. I Like, I recommend you check it out. It was really, 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 really fun. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't really sat down and done any interview stuff with people for a couple of years, so it was interesting to kind of just shoot the shit and talk about just whatever. I mean, we talked about social issues. We talked about just how the pandemic's going we talked about being creative and figuring out all the little kind of bits and pieces the boops and bops if you will and it was fun honestly it was just fun it was nice to have a conversation with a friend that didn't revolve around how are you how are you doing within a 30 second to two minute little quick cut you know most of the stuff we do now is so fast and kind of just done because we all don't want to get each other infected we don't want to get infected we don't want to do any of that stuff and like that is beautiful but that is also very hard to really connect with people and once again we talked about pro wrestling and how just there's a lot of i know not everyone cares about pro wrestling um there's a lot of things to be said about like people are so kind of set in their ways that they forget that there's a reason why there's so much alternative to all the little kind of big things that go on as far as entertainment goes wrestling's kind of interesting to me because it has so many facets you've got things from other you've got interpretations from other countries you have little silly versions you have very serious kind of mixed martial arts versions where they think about it on a very technical aspect you've got theatrical things you've got just pretty much everything under the sun and it always seemed funny to me that people kind of trap themselves and like oh i watched this one thing when there's so many different things in it and like i grew up watching Lucha Libre, which is uh, Mexican wrestling, and a lot of Japanese wrestling. Not so much a lot of crazy American wrestling. Like, it did to an extent, but not as much as I watched the other things. And it was just always really, really interesting the way the storytelling went. Because it wasn't so much about, like, the language in which people were speaking, but you could tell who the good guys, who are the rudos, and who are the technicals, which are the good guys. And it always had kind of a narrative, a play that went on. I've always said that, like, I think the funny thing about wrestling is wrestling fans are really just theater kids. They just like to do it in stadiums and yell things. So, yeah. But it was really great. You should check it out. I'll put a link in the description.
Oh, that guys. This is Jaws Blake of the Painter Files Podcast. I want to talk to you today about our favorite new sponsor, Kavu. K-A-V-U. They have all types of outdoor gear, as well as kind of the best and the brightest of the coolest <laughs> flannels and dresses and all these types of things. I've been uh, linked up with Kavu for a very long time, and they just make good quality stuff. And it's great for, you know, all your outdoor and, you know, lay around needs. So uh, go check them out. So I've been recently kind of trying not to watch, but being kind of caught up nonetheless in the news. Um, Because George Floyd trial is going on. Or should I say the Mark Chauvin trial? It's not really George Floyd trial. It's the trial of the murder of George Floyd. Um, I'm not going to talk a lot about this. Because it's kind of, for me, it's traumatizing. Um, I was driving down the road not too long ago. And they were talking about it on the radio. And I remember seeing the, seeing the video... The nine minute video of basically him being murdered, of the cops putting his knee on his neck, him basically begging for his life, the people around him begging for his life, and slowly him asphyxiating. And it was just so, like even as I talk about it, I want to take deep breaths because <laughs> I feel like I just can't get enough air in my lungs. And. It's just, it's so hard. It's so rough. And justice needs to be served for it, for George and his family. But I don't think people realize, like, how traumatizing all this is. Like, you literally watched a man who could have been me, or someone I know or love or care about or just interact with, be killed in front of a crowd slowly and because the man had a badge on it was allowed to happen like I want him to pay for what he did I want him to spend the rest of his life in jail for what he did but the fact that it just can happen and the powerlessness of the whole situation to struggle and still die To feel your neck essentially just give away for you, give out on you. It's it's really kind of rough and hard. Ugh, I feel like I need to like stretch my neck as I say this. And yeah, it's just it's a panic attack. It's a complete panic attack. The idea of driving down the road or walking down the street or anything, and then being either just in my in my life mistaken for someone who's done something simply because we're both black or no honestly that's really about it um i think there's a hard part about it because talking about it you have to kind of let down a certain amount of barriers and i don't think a lot of people are comfortable letting down those barriers but the barriers kind of have to come down in order to have these conversations it is really terrifying on a lot of levels to just be like a person of color i.e. even a Afro-Latino or a black man or whatever you want to say and live in this world because there's 
there's a certain bit of like you feel like there's a genocide going on like a very slow 400 year genocide I don't know a solution I don't know how to how to fight it other than to speak up and let myself be angry about it and let myself feel sad and scared and all these things it's just rough it's just really really hard about how I feel I mean it feels like to me like a Houdini man in a glass case chained underwater upside down suffocating and the crowd watches as he breathes his last breath and just is gone in the box completely obvious with open wounds and then to see that he's died in the box they then check him with knives and swords and stab at him and then they just leave the blades in there like that's the visual imagery of me Houdini did not die that way for those who want to look it up he I think he got punched in the stomach and he I think his appendix burst or something but uh look it up Google um yeah I think the hard part about making art for things like this is you then have to live with that art around you. And painful art is so difficult to just kind of disconnect from. Painful art, like, it weeps on the inside of you. <sighs> I think the hard part about a lot of these things is people argue against there are there are people who do not have perspective who in some cases are just racist pieces of shit but in other cases some people are just such sticklers for law and order that they don't care about anything else and they're ignorant in their own ways and they also can go fuck themselves but there is a difference So the hard part about that is with those people you can't convince them anything else because they can't see themselves in it. They will never wake up and be a black man who is afraid of the police. That is not who they are. They don't have that connection to anything. And so they're able in some cases for some people to disconnect themselves from And because they can't they just won't and it's hard because those people are sometimes extremely outspoken and although they mean well you still want to punch them in the face brutally until their until their 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 need to speak up goes away <laughs> because it's a real problem for for us it's not a hypothetical problem it's not a it's not a devil's advocate type of issue it's real. I'm like, I don't want to debate shit with people about this. I just don't. Like, we have a real fear and a real trauma, and it passes from generation to generation. 
It has to deal with police and police violence and all these things. And I don't want silly solutions or hypothetical ones that, that place blame on us for something that we have no control over. Like the brutality of the situation is simply they feel they can do whatever they want to us and then they do and we die and they go back home and they live their lives and they vilify us after we die by saying we have mental disorders or our addictions made it easier for us to have these situations or whatever. And that's not, it's just not right. I don't know. I feel like the world connects better when there's art forms that describe the pain and the feeling. But with this, I just, I don't feel up to it. And I'm sure someone else will, and I'm sure they'll do great. But it's just not the victory I want. The victory I want would be... The guy, the cops should go to jail. They, the city paid his family millions upon millions of dollars for a wrongful death. And they do that every single, almost every single time they kill someone. And there's a court case against police. Pays millions upon millions of dollars. And that's taxpayer money. That's not from the police. That's not from the police funds. You pay for the mistakes via your tax money for the things that they do. So I want you to think about that next time you protest. People, you, you walk into the streets with your Blue Lives, flag, Blue Lives Matter flags and stuff like that. He was nervous. He was scared. He was etc. Like, we're nervous and we're scared. But the difference is he gets to go home and we die. So think about it. That's all I'm asking. Okay, so we are going to try something new we haven't done before, and that is a just a meditation, because everything's happening, and it's all very stressful and hard, and etc. So I'm going to use a meditation that a friend of mine gave me that helped change kind of my ability to let things go and flow past me and go through me so I want you to focus on my voice close your eyes breathe in through your nose breathe out through your mouth do this five times Now, as I talk, I want you to keep breathing. You're going to notice you're doing this right if eventually your lips start to feel kind of numb or tingly. Don't focus on that feeling, but realize you're, you're zoning, you're getting into that. 
you're letting it kind of just become. So I want you to sit up. Put your hands up. Put your hands flat on your palm on your legs and your palms up facing the sky. I want you to visualize your feet growing roots into the ground. Deep, deep, deep into the earth. You go to the center of the world and you feel all that energy as it taps in. I want you to pull that energy slowly but surely. Remember to keep breathing through your body. Slowly through the layers of the earth to your toes, to your ankles, to your calves, to your knees, all the way up until the top of your head. And then I want you to let that energy open up and flow through you into the world. Take all your energies, all your good, all your bad, all that stuff, and just refill and replenish. I want you to sit with that for a little while. Just letting it fill you. Flush all the toxins and negativity and frustrations and fears. Until there's nothing left but just the energy in you. You're a fountain flowing over. Giving all the positivity from what you're taking from the ground, from the earth, and pushing it all around you in your environment, through you. And just sit with it. Feel the warmth. Let the happiness enrich you. I almost said let your soul glow. <laughs> I just watched Coming to America too a while back, so it's it's deep in my brain. Mm. So as it starts to come, and your, your cup floweth over, if you will, I want you to sever the connection from the top and the bottom. Close it up, hold all that positivity, all that good energy, and then just sit back, relax, and breathe. Let the peace roll through your bones, through your skin, through your eyes, through your lips. Hmm. Do a little stretching. Beautiful. Alright, so this is our first uh, meditation. Thank you.
Yeah, that was nice, actually. I feel pretty good after that. My bones needed it. My soul needed it. My, my heart needed it. As we speak of hearts, I want to talk about symbolism in some of my paintings. I find that there's an interesting aspect when I do shows sometimes where like kids will come up to me and they go, why do you paint birds? Why do you paint hearts? Why do you paint eyes, crowns, all these things, popsicles? <laughs> um, I mean, the funny thing about it is there is no complete answer to that other than to say that like they represent like little feelings for me at the time. Hearts have like a connectiveness. Crowns have a celebration aspect. My crows oftentimes represent represent kind of like an innocence or a childlikeness. My popsicles are just something fun I like to put in things sometimes, like little tattoos. They're all just kind of like little bits of me. Little signatures of my soul. Little handwritten letters. It's just nice. It's nice to be able to just kind of let your art be expressive without words. Even though sometimes I do write words, but yeah. They're just fingerprints. So last year I picked up this black and white film called Wolfman Film. It's really beautiful, but it is a little ridiculous at the same time. Partially, not just because it's Wolfman, but because it is a black and white 200 exposure, which is kind of difficult because you can't really shoot it. You're meant to shoot it in like a really, really, really low light or really, really high light. And I wanted to do like a bunch of like portraits. So I'm working on them. But I want to do portraits of other people, not just myself. And I'm realizing I might have a hard time doing this. So I'm working on it. But it's hard because I've never tried to shoot self-portraits with film before until quite recently. So I'm trying to get all these going and I don't know if they're going, they're going to turn out very well, <laughs> but I'm still trying. <sighs> there is a difficult aspect about doing these that I hadn't really contemplated. And then there's all these little fun aspects of just looking outside and seeing all these cute little things. There's all these people in hammocks right now. Just hanging, just chilling. They're all on their balconies, sitting on their phones, drinking cool drinks in the sunlight. It's really relaxing. <sighs> could stay out here for hours. Maybe I will. Who knows? But I feel like it's beautiful.
So, we just uh, had Easter Sunday. I am not in any way <laughs> celebrating of uh, the celebrational type of, of uh, any of the kind of holidays and stuff like that. Like this is not, It's not me. It's not really been a thing that I've been interested in. And so a lot of people are like, they feel very kind of sad by not seeing their family during these holidays. And I guess I feel kind of empty right now. Like, I remember being a child and, like, my mother taking me to the D.C. White House Easter egg roll. And at the end of it, they give you, like, these wooden eggs that have uh, White House, whatever the date is, whatever the year is, type of thing. And I remember all these things, and I remember going with my cousins and just feeling like, oh, this is so cool, and, no, no, no. and you know, we have, like, bunny ears and, like, painter faces and all that stuff, and no, I don't have photos of this, sadly. I know, I know some of you will be very upset that there is not a chubby face, uh, Jaws picture with bunny ears in the world. I'm sure there is, but I don't have it, so. Um, and I'd go with my cousins, who were, uh, Afro-Chinese, and um, we would just go and have such a great time. And I think it was more about spending time with them than it was actually about the whole Easter egg thing. I'm not a huge fan of chocolate. I'm not a... I've never really cared about dying eggs or anything of that nature. I don't find them to be particularly aesthetically pleasing. I don't find the colors of Easter to be aesthetically pleasing. The uh, neon pinks and yellows and stuff like that. The pastels. But uh, there's a weirdness about it, actually, where it's just, yeah, I haven't felt anything. I have all these people telling me they miss me, and I say it back. And... I want to feel it more than I do. And I'm not sure how to cope with that. It's such an odd place to be in in my life. 39 and I feel blah about a lot of that. And I know that's like fatigue. It's not that I don't really feel anything. I'm sure I really do feel a, a, a lot, actually, but I feel very blah about a lot of it. And I know there's a lot of people out there who feel very blah right now. And I'm sorry, because I know that sucks. I also know there's some of, some of you who are like missing people like crazy. I'm sorry for you, too. I don't really have any answers for these things. We are in a pandemic and, or as many of y'all have come to call it, a panorama. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's exhausting. So yeah, I just wanted you to know, you're not alone. I feel that way too. I think a lot of us do. Your past feeling sad, you're just feeling hollow, kind of empty about all of it. Hmm. What the fuck, man?
and I think that people have this idea that when like they're able to get shots and they can do all this stuff that suddenly that feeling's gonna go away and I don't I don't know that it will I think that's probably the scariest part about it for a lot of us we do not know that that feeling will actually go away we just hope it will Cheers to that, I guess. To hope. So I've been trying to figure out ways to tell people, like, ways to relax. Let their mind kind of feel more free. We did the meditation, so obviously that helps. But just everyday stuff that we do that we don't appreciate that we're doing that's really kind of comforting. And so I've been listening to music and I've been playing video games more. And I've been trying to watch movies. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's something. It really is something. Uh, Three musicians that I've been listening to right now are Rehaven, St. Vincent, and the Black Pumas. They're all kind of like, uh, Rehaven is a R&B singer. She's got some really kind of smooth melodic tunes, and I think those have really kind of helped me in the late nights, just kind of figuring out how to just let my, let the tempo slow, let the art kind of ooze out. Uh, St. Vincent, always a favorite. Um, Got a crazy kind of electric guitar solo badass vibe. And that is definitely my in the sunlight as the ideas come at me, being able to just kind of just let it all just pour out like a pitcher with a hole in it. Uh, the Black Pumas, just more the same, man. Just this hard, like, wily southern blues rock type of thing which is like my wheelhouse all day and i'm just i'm just loving it and it's it's really getting me through a lot of stuff there's been a couple other ones uh that have really been kind of going but it's all have been kind of in this vein of things still playing legends of zelda i've beaten a large portion of it I've got quite a bit left, but it is a hard game. (laughs) And I didn't think it would be so hard, but it really is hard and frustrating. I die a lot. Um, But I don't know. There's a beautifulness to it. I can't really put it down. And I'm using it more to just kind of, when I can't think of anything to do or make, I'm letting myself come with these things. So that's where I am right now. As far as that goes, um, there's like a southern kind of black cowboy movie that just came out on Netflix. I don't remember the name of it. Idris Elba is in it. I've watched that. That's really good. Um, there's quite a few other movies. The Irrelevance, which is like a Sherlock Holmes, like the children of Sherlock Holmes, or kind of not the children, children who are helping Sherlock Holmes type of thing. So that's been interesting. Um, you know, wrestling, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of laughing, watching stuff with Alec, 
trying to spend those times, letting the cats fall asleep on me, letting the dog roll her big head against me and fall asleep. It's just good. More records. So many more records. Can't get enough records. <laughs> Need more records, actually. The more vinyl, the better. Stack it to the sky. <laughs> I just... I find it best sometimes when no one's around to just put on some music, close my eyes, sway, put my arms up in the air and just kind of dance around and let my bones crack and my muscles flex and stretch and everything. Go boundless in the deep. It's important. This week I asked a bunch of people on Instagram if they had any questions for the podcast. Uh, I've done this for a while now, and I keep getting kind of interesting ones, but uh, these were kind of these were kind of great, so decided to put them on this podcast. First one was, "How is your film coming?" <laughs> oh man, um, it's coming. Honestly, um, so for those who don't know, I'm I'm working on filming a short Super Eight film. Uh, I've written the script, um, I'm still working on the dialogue, but I know what's going to happen so far with it. Um, for the most part, it's going to go really well. I've got to wait until, you know, everybody, myself included, gets vaccinated so then we can actually meet up and then film everything. I'm thinking of doing it kind of like a vaudeville, not like a vaudeville, like a silent film type of thing where we'll have music and the dialogue will be written uh, in the bottom. And it'll mostly just be kind of like a acting thing with the, with the actual actors. They kind of like look to the side, they just communicate a lot with their eyes and stuff like that. So it'll be kind of like a lot of little cuts and stuff like that. But it's coming really beautifully, actually. I'm really happy to be able to take my time with it. I think the... The virus has kind of given me a patience that I didn't have before. So, if that answers the question, which it may not, um, it's going well. It's going well. Uh, I'd like to work with groups, um, which is the next question. Have you ever worked with groups? Have you wanted to, etc.? I'd like to work with groups. Uh, I have worked with some groups. It hasn't really worked out very well in the past, so hopefully... The next outing that I do, group work will work better. Uh, I typically do really well with like individuals. I'm not so great when it comes to working with large groups. There seems to really be kind of a conflict in what we're trying to do and not do. And that can be kind of frustrating sometimes. I'm, I'm very... Uh, in my head when it comes to a lot of my ideas and then I write them down and I bring them to people and sometimes they work and sometimes you know they have their own idea of what they think is going to happen and there's a bit of a conflict there so I'm working on being more flexible Um, my biggest issue I've ever had typically is that you know sometimes there are artists out there who they have a lot of really great ideas but they don't know how to put it forward and so 
that can be kind of difficult um, when you have somebody who doesn't know how to finish something. Not that there aren't, I mean, we've all got that. We're all multitaskers who sometimes get caught up in whatever and don't finish things, but there is a process to it. And I think sometimes, because I've been doing it for so long, maybe I'm better about finishing things than some people are. So yes, I would like to work with some groups. I'd love to work with groups, but uh, I kind of want to work with people who already have their shit together, if that makes sense. Somebody who complete who has completed something. So, um, examples. Uh, Alex thinking about doing another podcast. I may help. I may actually do some work with her on that. Um, Tina and I are working on another podcast for the dream one. Uh, I dream of dead mice, which is still coming. And uh, Tina's great. Tina, you know, Tina's an editor, so Tina doesn't have all the free time in the world, but. We, we're going to do the podcast at some point. I just, it's going to be really great and it's going to blow everybody's socks off. Um, but yeah, it's just, you want to work with people who, you know, are just professionals. Like, they, they do finish things. And like, I feel good with like Tina, I feel good with Alec. Um, there's a friend of mine named Erica. She's really great and she's a dancer and a performer and she's incredible. And like, we're going to do some work together. We're going to, pandemic ends and just there's all these people that I know who are really amazing individuals and you know they have much like me they have lives so group stuff doesn't always work completely but it's coming together um yeah but I mean I do work with Nerdy Bebop I do work with um Contradiction Dance I do work with quite a few things so yeah (laughs) it's all coming it's just taking time all right guys so this has been a beautiful episode of the painter files podcast i hope you had a good time i enjoyed you and hopefully you enjoyed me we're gonna keep going and keep it moving this is a really a beautiful and wonderful podcast if you can please uh hit that share button comment write reviews on apple Podcasts. that's uh, apple reviews it helps people see us it's really amazing and kind of remarkable how just these little things that you do make a big difference in people finding us so I love you. I hope you're well. Go at us. And I will see you. Um, we're kind of doing this every week now. So I'll see you next week. Paint her out. Ciao.